0: This morning I want us to ask the question, "Why Palm Sunday?" I just want us to I want us to open up the Word of God and I want us to look at this event that takes place. It's called Palm Sunday. Uh, if you look at the front of our bulletins, it calls it Palm Sunday, and and I have to tell you, there's uh, I've had several of our kids ask Palm Sunday. What does that mean? I, I so. What I want to do is I just want to answer some questions this morning about Palm Sunday, what it means, the importance of Palm Sunday, or we it often is referred to the the week of the triumphal entry, the last week that Jesus goes to the cross. Uh, if you will, if I would love for you to be able to take a a week or day to day calendar for this week and begin to look all through the Gospels, and if you could, if you wanted to, you could start writing tomorrow. You could write down on Monday, we know that Jesus went to the temple. These are some of the messages that He preached. These are some of the people that He encountered. On Tuesday, you can kind of do the same thing. On Wednesday, you can mark on your calendar, this is what happened on Wednesday, all the way till next Sunday, when Jesus rises from the grave. And uh, we have witness of that and evidence of that in the Scriptures. So today, this is what we're going to do, is we're going to answer questions that are significant to uh, Palm Sunday and the Sunday prior to Easter. So take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. We're going to read through these first 11 verses, and then we're going to go back and break down, and we're going to start answering these questions Concerning Palm Sunday, all right. Uh, before we read, I want to kind of give us a little bit of history of what's leading up to this. You can uh, flip back through the Gospels. As a matter of fact, uh, this is one of the events that is recorded in all four Gospels. Now, I don't know about you, but if if God finds it important enough to record it four different times in four different Gospels, I think He wants us to know about this. So. That's why we're looking at this this morning. But if you you come up to the day prior to Jesus entering into Jerusalem, this is what you're going to find. That morning, Jesus was nowhere close to Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, He's in Jericho. He is coming through Jericho. There's a great crowd of people that is following Him. He stops on the road and He looks at blind Bartimaeus as He is standing out in the middle of the road and He's saying, "'Thou Son of David!' Have mercy on me. He's identifying who Jesus is. When he says, Thou Son of David, we need to understand that basically what Bartimaeus is saying is saying, Jesus, I recognize you as the one that God has sent as the Son of David to be our Messiah. Now, when we read that in the Scriptures, we may not recognize that. When the Jews were walking and following Jesus and Bartimaeus says, Thou son of David, understand they knew exactly what he was saying. (gasps) Bartimaeus just called Jesus the Messiah. He just called Jesus our Savior. And that is exactly what Bartimaeus was saying. That's when Jesus stopped and he says, Bring him or have him come to me. Here's a blind man. Why didn't Jesus go to him? Hey, Jesus says, have him come. And they said, okay, you can go on to Jesus. Jesus heals his his eyesight right then. Not, Not long before he got out of Jericho, there was a little man climbed up into a tree to see Jesus as he was passing that way. His name was Zacchaeus. Most of us know that story about Zacchaeus. This happened on the same day that Jesus was going in to Jerusalem. So he stops and he has lunch with old Zacchaeus. It's 18 miles. 18 miles from Jericho into Jerusalem. Then Jesus walks these 18 miles. If you look at the scripture, you will see that while Jesus is walking, He is teaching as He goes along. If you read about the, uh, the, the ones with the ten talents, or the servants with the ten talents, you will you will see that He is teaching this as He is going into Jerusalem or about to go into Jerusalem. So you can put all of these things on your weekly calendar as things that are taking place prior to Jesus entering into Jerusalem. So let's look in Matthew chapter 21, and it just starts off there. It says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem. All of these things have taken place today. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were coming to Bethanage, and unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say, aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath needed them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell you the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon a donkey, and the colt of a foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a great multitude spread their garments in the way, Others cut down branches from the trees, and streweth them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. So, now what we want to do now is we want to break this scripture down. This is the event that took place when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. So we read the first thing, one of the first things that we see here is that it was uh, when they came in, Jesus rode on the colt of a donkey. Now if you were following me in the King James Bible, you will notice that I changed the word in the King James Bible to donkey. I hope you were not offended by that. That word that was used when the King James Version was translated meant that it was a donkey. When we use that word today, and these rap songs that they use, it don't mean the same thing. So I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody by changing that word, but I hope you understand, and hope that you're not offended by me changing that word. But this is what was taking place Jesus sent out some disciples and he said, Listen, I want you to go to this little town right next here close to us and you're going to find a donkey and its mother and they're going to be tied. And you go, and if you'll take them and bring them to me, God's got a special purpose for me to fulfill. He said, Now listen, if anybody asks you what you're doing, you tell them the Lord is in need of this donkey. And as a matter of fact, in one of the trans or in one of the books, you will see that someone asked, well, what are you doing? You're taking our donkey. And they simply said, um, well, the Lord said he was in need of this donkey. And they said, oh, well, glad you said so. Here, take it. But they took them. And and what is the importance of that? Why, why was this little story, why was this little event recorded in the Scriptures? Well, you, we need to understand that if it's in here, I want you to know God thinks it's very important for us to know about. So the reason that he rode in and I explained this a couple of weeks ago a donkey in those days there was a symbol behind you riding in on a donkey and it was meant it meant that you were riding in in peace all right hey listen if if the boys or the kids are standing on the side of the road and here comes someone riding on a stallion and I mean that thing is high stepping and it's going from this side of the road to that side of the road, and it's kicking up its heels, I want you to know it's got everybody's attention. But when Jesus rode in on that little butt, that little donkey, I want you to know it wasn't a big thing. donkey was just a, a labor animal. The donkey was a sign of peace. And that is exactly why Jesus chose that animal to ride in on. But not only that, not only that, when you see in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse number 9, It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout. That's something that's going to take place in just a few minutes. O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just. He is having salvation lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon the colt of the foal of a donkey. So when we read that, we see that that is the exact fulfillment that this had to take place Listen, if this had not have taken place, if this prophecy had not have been fulfilled, that would not have been the Son of God on that donkey. Because God prophesied in Zechariah 9 and 9, this would be exactly what took place. So the little, the little event that took place with Jesus riding in on this donkey was very significant. It was very significant. So, this was another question I had. Why the garment thing? You want to know why we call it Palm Sunday? It's because not only did the people, as Jesus was coming into the village, not only were they taking their garments and their coats and throwing it out on the ground for that donkey to walk across while Jesus is sitting on this little colt, but they were also throwing palm branches down also in front of Him. And I'm like, well, What's so significant about that? Well, I was looking up, trying to get some history on this, and when you look in 2 Kings 19, or 9, verse 12 and, and 13, what you find there is, uh, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel, talking about the next king, which is Jehu, and this is what they said. Then they hastened and took every man his garment and put it under him, on the top of the stairs, and blew with trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. So understand that this is simply a custom of the Jewish people that when a king arrived, or royalty arrived, it was a custom that they would throw their garments down, or they would cut cut palm branches and lay palm branches. And I think everybody knows what a palm branch is. It's it's a, a a leaf that just, it's a long slender leaf and then it teardrops up to the top. They were cutting those and laying them in the way so that the donkey was walking on top of palm branches instead of just the ground. Now, what do we do today that symbolizes something similar to that? Somebody tell me. Red carpet treatment. If somebody of royalty or or if someone shows up that... Uh, uh, that's that's prestigious or something like that, man, they'll get them on the airplane and before they get off the airplane, whew, they throw out the red carpet treatment because royalty has just entered the kingdom or, or somebody that is of some substance or importance. Well, listen, this is what Jesus was doing. When Jesus left Jericho, if you remember if when you read that, you'll see that there is a great Crowd of people around Jesus. They are following him in all the way from Jericho. They have come with him. Even blind Bartimaeus, after he received his sight, is now following Jesus to Jerusalem. Jesus is all of the talk. Jesus is all the talk because he is now going into Jerusalem, and the people believe that Jesus is fixing to set up this physical kingdom. Here on earth. In other words, the Jewish people have read the Old Testament scriptures. Do you know what they were looking for when Jesus was to come into Jerusalem? Isaiah chapter 11, in verses 1 through 6, or, well, no, it's 6 through 11, I think. It describes what the kingdom of God is going to be like. It's going to be where the lion lays down with the lamb. When the the child is able to play at the contrices den, in other words, a snake's den. Listen, this is what the people were expecting, that Jesus was fixing to be the king. In the Old Testament where it says, hey, when the kingdom comes, I will rule over your enemies. This is what they were expecting. They were expecting Jesus to come into Jerusalem and by the end of the week, Everybody has air conditioning. Man, by the end of the week, everything's going to be great. By the end of the week, it's not going to be hard. By the end of the week, the lion and the lamb are going to be laying down together. That is what the people were expecting. They were expecting Jesus to come in. He was going to overrule the enemy. The Roman government was going to be put down and Jesus, the King, the Savior... The son of David was fixing to come in to royalty and control of all the earth. That's hey, that's what they were expecting. Throw out the red carpet. That's what they were expecting. Now the reason we call it Palm Sunday, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when you read the Scriptures, it says, "...and they cut branches, and they laid them down in front of the donkey as he was traveling into the city." Now, you know, in my mind goes, man, if they're cutting those sweet gum branches, that donkey's going to do nothing but stumble and stammer all the way into town. But when we look in the book of John, it says that they cut these palm branches. And I want you to know that donkey is coming in on like a piece of carpet. Think of this as a parade. What's people doing? People are throwing their garments in front of this donkey. And as the king is coming into the city, and when the donkey gets past, they grab their garment and they run back down in front and they're throwing it down again. And this is taking place. Oh, I, I wish you could picture it in your mind like I've got it in my mind. I'm seeing this parade take place. I mean, there's lots of movement, it's loud. People are shouting, Hail, King David, son of David, Savior, save us, save us now. All of this is taking place all at one time. Why the garment thing? It was because it was a tradition that was observed by the Jews, but also we see that it was something that that is what they were expecting. They were bringing in royalty. Now, I want us to look at this. The third thing I want us to mention is why did they cry out the things that they were crying out? I have to tell you some of what they are saying to me is just religious. I mean it rolls right off my tongue. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. I have to tell you I don't really know I didn't even know what hosanna meant. Okay? But when you know and understand what they're saying and why they're saying it, I'm telling you it makes a whole bit of difference. And what we understand when Jesus has come, so I want us to look at some of these words that they were talking about. The word "hosanna," the word "hosanna." This is the definition for the word "hosanna." Save us. It also means save now. Oh, well, does that does that not make a difference to us in English? When you say Hosanna, I understand that that is a religious, I'm going to call it Christianese. That's, that's when we talk in Christian, uh, Christian atmospheres, we use the word Hosanna or hallelujah. And sometimes we don't even know what those words mean. Well, Hosanna means Jesus, save us, save us now. I understand that. Why were they saying save us, save us now? is because they were under the, the treacherous hand of the Roman government. We're so glad to see you, Jesus, because we want you to save us. The next phrase was Blessed be the kingdom of our Father David. Blessed be the kingdom of our Father David. In other words, he when they referred to the to the name David. David represented the king. They knew that the king that was coming was to be a descendant of David. Blessed be the kingdom. Or in other words, God, we know that you have sent us a king. Thank you for sending us a king. So if these people are walking down the road and instead of saying, blessed be the kingdom of David, and we hear, God, thank you for sending us a king. I understand that. Thank you for sending us a king. The next one is, Hosanna in the highest. In other words, Hosanna means save us. In the highest mean that it was God sent. God, thank you for sending us a savior. Thank you for sending us a savior. That's what they were shouting. Son of David. Talking about the son of David means they are being sent the promised king or the Messiah. And I mentioned that's when that's when old blind Bartimaeus said, "Thou son of David," he was calling Jesus Messiah or Christ. When they cried out, "Peace in heaven," they were saying, "God's will be done. Blessed is the king of Israel." Those were all statements that they were crying out on the side of the road as Jesus was coming into the city. That's what we would have heard in English. Alright? So, now let's look at another scripture. I want you, if you've got your Bibles, this is an important scripture to look at. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10. Because everything I just said, everything that I just said, revolves around us understanding this statement right here. Luke 19, verse 10, says this, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, he has just left Zacchaeus' house. So he's talking to Zacchaeus, and he says, Listen, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Verse 11 says, And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was... Nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Now, did you see that? The people that were following Jesus, they thought that the kingdom of God was fixing to be there. Now, that makes every that makes all the difference. These people believed that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem to establish the on earth physical kingdom of God. Now, I know I'm risking something right here. Okay? I'm risking something right here. I asked my Sunday school class to help me here for a minute. I would like for just a second to recreate Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Okay? As the crowd is crying out, I want you to help me, and this group right here, from this pew forward, this is what I want you to say. Save us. Save us now. That's what Hosanna means. Save us. Save us now. This group right here, from here forward, I want you to say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay? Practice. Blessed. Okay, there was a group saying that. Alright. This group right here, from Brother Murdoff to to Jeremy. God has sent you to us. God has sent you to us. That's what that's what they were saying. You're King, son of David. God has sent you to us. Y'all practice that. God has sent you to us. God has sent you to us. Alright. Alright. From here all the way back. This is what I want y'all to say. You are our king sent from God you are our king sent from God alright now we're fixing to all do this at the same time alright hey, Jeremy what's your group got what's, what, Susan what's your group got blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord alright from Miss Mary right back here Messiah son of David alright These three or four pews right here. You too, Bo. Christ is our King. Christ is our King. All right. Has everybody got something? Have you done? Forgot what you're supposed to say? Okay. You have to understand. I know this is risky when you're getting audience participation. I want to put us on the side of that road. Okay? Jesus, here he comes. Remember, you've got, he's on this little donkey. He's coming down the street. There are people running up and down the road and they're throwing their garments out. And Jesus is walking over them with the donkey and they're grabbing them and they're running up here and they're throwing them out again. He's coming into the city. Think about this. You are anticipating in the next few days all your troubles are going to be gone. Because of this man that sits on this donkey. Because he is fixing to set up a kingdom that's going to set you free from all of your enemies. So as he is coming down the road, suddenly all of you are crying the same thing or different things. Right now, Christ, Jesus is coming down the street. Save us! Jesus, our son of David! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Amen! Oh my goodness, there's hundreds of people. Hundreds of people as they're proclaiming this. And Jesus is coming in. It's an, an exciting day. Hey, man, when we come into our services every single Sunday, do we understand what? Know you not that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us? Man, we ought to be excited about this every week because Jesus has come. He come inside of us. It's a free gift of salvation for anyone who will accept Him. That's what was taking place when He was going in down the street. There was all of this shouting, all of this praising. And we understand now, because we looked in Luke chapter 19, they thought He was fixing to set up the kingdom. They looked in the Old Testament and we're fixing to be free from our enemies. Man, it's going to be peace. It's going to be luxury. Everything is going to be just the way the old testament said it was. But they didn't understand. This is the thing. They did not understand that. That's why we we look at this and we see. See, in, in Isaiah chapter 8, 118, this is what it says was going to happen. This is what this is this is what they saying. It says, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. See, they believed that Scripture was being fulfilled that day. That's exactly why they were saying what they were saying. When we look back in Matthew chapter 21, in verse number 10, this is what it says. and when he was coming to Jerusalem all the city was moved saying who is this now understand here you are you're in the city and you see this you see this mob of people they've been following him since he was in Jericho this mob of people you see people grabbing palm branches and laying them down you see the shouting you hear man this done got your attention You don't know what's going on out there. And the question to the people that are in Jerusalem are going, Man, what is this parade that is coming? Who is this? Now, do we understand that Jesus' appearance did not stand out to anyone? As a matter of fact, many times when the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to put Jesus to death, it says Jesus would just slip through the crowd. You know why they, he was able to just slip through the crowd? Because they didn't recognize him. You know when they went to arrest him in the garden to have him crucified when they went out to the garden, they had to have one of the disciples to pick him out and say, this is him. You want to know why? Because Jesus' appearance was not something that just stood out in front of everybody. When they saw this man sitting on a donkey, and they said, who is, who is this guy? This is what the people said. This is what the people said. It may not be that they recognized His face, but they said, everyone knew about the man that healed the sick, that raised the dead, that walked on water, that preached the gospel to the poor, that calmed the seas, that cast out evil spirits. They said, hey, y'all know this guy that we've been talking about? His name is Jesus. That's Him right there. He's the one that taught in parables. He made the blind to see and made the lame to walk, the dumb to speak. He turned water into wine. He's been sitting there and he's been teaching in the temple. This is who it is. This is the Messiah. This is the King of glory. He is fixing to set us free from our enemies. Oh, that's him. Okay. Well, I'm on board with this. See, they didn't recognize his physical appearance, but they recognized who he was by the things that he had done they answered this way this is our messiah the king of god that god the king that god has sent to us to save us the son of david i gave you a scripture to look in in luke chapter 19 i want you to take another look in luke chapter 18 luke chapter 18 This is another scripture that just jumps off of the page to us. Luke chapter 18 and verse 31. We need to understand, I I was excited when, when you read the story when Jesus, after He's risen from the dead, on that Sunday afternoon... He's on his way with a couple of men. He's on the road to Emmaus. And if you'll remember, while he's on the road to Emmaus, these guys, Jesus asked these guys, Well, what are y'all so sad about? And they said, Well, don't you understand, don't you know what's going on in Jerusalem? Well, no, tell me about it. And they begin to tell Jesus what had just taken place, how he'd been crucified, and how now they didn't know that he had risen from the dead. But now It says, and then Jesus began to tell them of the Scriptures how the Savior must suffer. In other words, He told them from the Scriptures, He said, you need to understand that the Savior of the world is going to come, and He's going to come, and He's going to give His life for sin. Listen, these people, the Jews thought Jesus was come to save them from their enemies. But the Old Testament Scripture described a Savior who was going to come and save the world from their sins first, and then the physical kingdom. And it says, And Jesus explained to them from the Scriptures how that the Savior must come and suffer. So here we read in Luke chapter 18 and verse 31. This again is right before He goes into Jerusalem. He says, Then He took unto Him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. He shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on. And they shall scourge him, and they shall put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. Now, I think that's pretty clear what he said was fixing to happen. But notice what the end of this verse says. And they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. Jesus explained to them exactly what was fixing to happen in Jerusalem. They're fixing to arrest me, they're going to scourge me, they're going to put me to death, but understand three days later I will rise again. And it says... It says that that understanding was hid from them. Who hid that understanding? God did. God hid that from them. Otherwise, the third day, where would they have been standing? At the tomb. But they didn't understand that. They didn't understand that Jesus had to suffer. Watch this. This is what they didn't understand. They didn't understand Isaiah 53 and 3 where it says... He is despised, he's rejected of man, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief and he is and we hide as if our faces are from him. He was despised, he was esteemed him not. surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace, was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. In Isaiah 52 and 14, it says, and many were astonished at these. His visage was so marred more than any man in his form more than the sons of men. The Bible tells us that there has never been a man that was so beaten and lived and suffered like Jesus. Now I'll tell you, I've seen some things where many people had been tortured the Scripture tells us no one has ever been tortured like Jesus was. Do you know, now this might astonish you, did you know in the Bibles that the Israelites use today, the Jewish people use today, they leave out Isaiah chapter 53? Did you know that? Do you know the reason they leave that, passage, that Scripture out? Is because they do not understand a suffering Savior. They do not understand that. They cannot comprehend it. They cannot explain it. They just leave it out of their Scripture. Completely. They just leave it out. When I found that out, it just blew me away. No wonder, no wonder salvation is hidden from the Jews because they choose to reject a suffering Savior. They desire to have a king that is going to come and rule and reign over their enemies. But that is not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to die for you. That's what He came for. He came and He chose to put Himself in that line of that parade where they would exalt Him. And they were speaking the very truth about Him. That He was the Savior. But He was not saving them from their enemies. He was saving them from their sins. And many people today, even those under the... The sound of my voice will reject Him because of lack of their faith and maybe their understanding. Satan has blinded your understanding. But Jesus came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. That's what Jesus has come for. So, when we read and we ask the question, Why Palm Sunday? Is Palm Sunday important? You bet it is. You bet it is. Jesus Christ, this is the fulfillment of his whole life this week that we will start experiencing today. As today is the day on the calendar that Jesus came into Jerusalem and he has set himself up to give his life for the sins of the world. I was, I'm real intrigued when I read what Jesus has done, when He gets into the city and after all the hoopla, after everything that's said and done, He gets into the city. And you know, chances are, when He got off of that donkey and He walked into the crowd, because Jesus was such a plain man, everybody's probably going, where did He go? Where did He go? Jesus looked just like everybody else. And the Bible says, in Matthew, and this is in Mark chapter 11, and verse 11, it says, And Jesus made His way to the temple that night. It says, He walked in and He stood at the back of the temple. And it said, He looked around. Take that in for just a second. He walked in the back of the temple and He just looked around to see what was taking place in the temple. He looked to the left over here and probably seen these cages that were holding sacrificial animals. Looked over here to the right, and there's money changing tables to exchange uh, the Jewish or the Roman money for Hebrew money and, and the, the things that were not supposed to be taking inside the temple. And it says, and Jesus, after looking around, he turned and he left. I wonder if Jesus was to walk in today in the back of our sanctuary and He was to stand and He was to look, understand, I hope we all understand this, the Bible tells us, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you're not your own? If Jesus was to stand back here and He started right here in this corner and He worked His way around here and He's looking at the temple where His Holy Spirit dwells, what would He see in the lives of everybody here. And then as he scanned over here to the left, and he he began and he started with Barbara and he worked his way. And he looked and he scanned and he says, what do I see taking place in my temple? It says he stood and he looked and he went back to Bethany. The next morning when he came back, it says that's when he walked into the temple and he started flipping tables. He said, this is not supposed to be taking place in my temple. God has made this a house of prayer. He came in and He died for every single one of us. Now how is His temple today? What would He see when He looks around? Very, very important day in history when Jesus came in and announced... Yes, I am the Savior, the Messiah, not of just the Jewish people, of the world. Let's stand together. Father, I thank You that You give us a history lesson in Your Word. As we study and we see the things that take place all through history, You are not only consistent in history, but you are completely and totally accurate. You're not only uh, in prophecy that you have written, but you're accurate in all the prophecy that has been fulfilled. And Father, what is even greater than that, the things that have not yet taken place, according to your word, are going to take place. Thank you for the sacrifice you made on the cross for our sins. And even greater than that, the grace that you give us to freely accept that sacrifice. God, help us to understand this week all the things that have taken place. I pray now that as we open up this time of invitation, that your Holy Spirit has been able to freely move and convict our hearts. And I pray that you'll be pleased with every decision that's made today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing this hymn of invitation together.